Welcome to Full Access OK. I'm Skylar Cooper here with Steve Berg. Hello. And we are on the KRMG Afternoon News every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. on 1023 KRMG Tulsa's News and Talk. And for the last many, many months, we've enjoyed doing this podcast. And Steve, here we are, the last episode of 2023. Yeah, we feature today Kane's Ballroom. And Kane's, of course, was always near the top of the list of places we wanted to feature on Full Access OK, because what's more iconic than Kane's Ballroom? But we made a conscious decision to save it for the end of this year because 2024 is the 100-year anniversary of Kane's Ballroom. Yep, and this is kind of an overly abbreviated history, but here goes. Kane's was built in 1924 by Tulsa founder Tate Brady, just as a garage for his automobiles. Bought in 1930 by Matt Madison Kane and turned it into a dance academy. Built a lot of fame during the Western swing craze in the 30s and 40s when Bob Wills and his band performed there and did their radio shows. And from the 60s through the 90s was a stepping stone for a lot of unknown bands when they were just starting out that later became huge, like the Sex Pistols and the Police. For this podcast, we mainly pick up the story in 2002, 2003, when a Tulsa neurosurgeon, James Rogers, bought Canes and did an extensive but careful renovation to bring the building back to life. After 80 years of serious wear and tear, and he brought in his sons, Chad and Hunter Rogers, to run it. Now, sadly, Dr. Rogers, nicknamed Doc Rock, passed away this year from a rare form of cancer. But Chad and Hunter Schuyler were gracious enough to give you and me a personal tour starting in their office, which has... Framed up on the wall, the piece of drywall from the Kane's old green room with the hole that was punched into it by the fist of the Sex Pistols' Sid Vicious. We want to get the history of the amazing venue here and maybe what the future holds for it, but let's start with your family's history with Kane's Ballroom, and I believe goes back 20-some years, right? Yeah, r- roughly, yeah. We, we uh, our family ended up buying it in September of 2002. Um, it was just kind of, a, I don't want to say happenstance, it seems like it was meant to be. Um, I was at home one night, um, our, my, our parents were at home one night, and we both saw on the news that the Canes Ballroom was for sale. And it, you know, it kind of had a rundown of all the memorabilia comes along with it and all this stuff. And at the time, um, was in the process of selling a sports bar across from TU and closing that down. And we had talked about doing something downtown. Our father was a doctor, but he was, uh, he had entrepreneurial spirit always, and, you know, was always kind of looking to do things and wanted to be part of things. So we were in the process of having some plans drawn up on another building here in town to do kind of something very similar to Kane's actually. And when we saw this was for sale in the news, our dad had grown up in Tulsa. He and our mom both went to TU, but neither of them had ever been in Kane's ballroom. And so um, it, it was their first time in the day that they, before when they called the real estate agent and said, we want to come see it. So we saw that it was for sale on a Sunday. He called him on Monday morning. We came down and looked at it on Tuesday and we bought it on Thursday. And it was, uh, when we came down, it was very run down, I will say. Um, luckily, our, our parents could look through and see kind of the magic behind all the dust and the, <laughs> the damage and everything else that was here. I mean, the Canes had been around at that point for almost 80 years at that point, and um, it needed a whole lot of tender love and care and, and lots of money put into it. And we knew that going in. so. That wasn't anything surprising. I mean, of course, there were surprises when we started renovating or restoring the place and, and things we found, the other things that need to be done. But um, yeah, so so we bought it and we kind of just dove head in. Um, 
neither of a hunter or I really had ever had any experience in obviously running anything in the music industry in terms of something that's large or I'd luckily run a business before. Um, I had a marketing and finance degree from TU, so I had a, it help. It's those those definitely helped me in this business. And Hunter, he was at TU for a little bit, and then went to Full Sail, which is a music production school in Florida for a while before here. And he came here, and you know he brought his 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 knowledge and and his uh, his his go get them skills and everything else, you know, and uh, we just dove right in. And these 20 years have been uh, <laughs> two decades of uh, lots of learning. The industry is, is very interesting <laughs> to say the least. So Hunter, would you say that your skills and training in, in that side of things and his experience in business gave you guys the tools you needed right away or was it still quite a quite a process to get where you'd say you are today definitely a process i mean when i, I had never been in canes either when our parents bought it when my mom called and was like we bought canes i'm like what is canes <laughs> uh so they had a terrible website back in the day um, but i figured out what it was and moved here i got back in july of 2003 and like he said we reopened october 1st 2003 after the renovation and yeah i guess the guy that he had working got fired or left shortly after I got here, I guess. And uh, he went on tour with JJ Kale. And uh, yeah, we just took over from there and here we are. I was gonna say, when you mentioned the fact that your parents had never been here, you guys had never been here. He had a couple I times. luckily had, yeah. praise the Lord. But, <laughs> so I had some experience. I mean, I came down and saw Train and then having gone to Holland Hall, there was a music group that was uh, had a group that had actually come down and played. And I came down and support them. But yes, I mean, I, that was that night and I had never seen it with lights on either. <laughs> well, and back then you didn't really want to come down here until the improvements that you guys made. So let's go down the list of all the stuff that you guys have done to this place. I mean, it's the list just continues. <laughs> I mean, we, we constantly are reinvesting in the business, which is something I think you've got to do as a business owner to to make it to make it people want to come and to make make it you know stay on top of things. Um, well, we, start. Let's start. <laughs> let's start with air conditioning in, oh, in yeah. Oklahoma. I mean, I know, and it, you know, no, no matter how many tons of it we have, <laughs> it gets so so brutal sometimes. I mean, the outside air that it's hard to when you got seventeen hundred people in here, it's hard to keep it. So yeah, we started with air conditioning. Um, we ended up closing down that that first summer after we got it because we knew it didn't have central heat and air or central air. And most of the time, the Canes wasn't very busy during the summer because who could stay in the heat? So it was like, why not shut down then? So we ended up shutting down like May of 03. And then like Hunter said, reopened with a sold out Dwight Yoakam show on October 1st, that fall. So we did central heat and air. We did um, all new production, all new electrical, you know, increase the size of the stage as much as we could within the, you know, the size of the building, um, the walls of the building. We ended up buying this building to the south of us here where we kind of call it Kane second stage area and where Max Barbecue operates out of. And there's a another bar now and just kind of an overflow area. So we bought that, that just used to be a warehouse. It wasn't even attached to Kane. So that's something that is totally new. We knocked these two holes in the wall because at that same time we need them add uh, bathrooms <laughs> new bathrooms praise the lord so um it needed them bad and we added all new bathrooms i think the women's has like 25 stalls now you know and it's just it's there's not there's not much of a line let's say that ever if if there is it used to be 
I was when I came that one of the with the C train here. I remember the men's was on the right side of the stage and the women's was on the left. And the line for the men's one night was halfway across the ballroom floor just just to get in the bathroom because there were literally two urinals and two stalls for 1,400 people. And how about the uh, the pretty famous one here? This yeah. we're standing on the floor, so you know we actually have replaced it twice. So the this should have been something we did during the initial renovation. Yes, it should have been something we did during the original. We didn't, I don't know why we didn't. I think we just didn't have time. Honestly, um, there was really only one bank that believed in us when we wanted to get a loan to do all this. Um, so we didn't pay for it outright. You know, we, we ended up getting a loan and, and you know, I still thank the, the banker. She's at a different bank now, but I, we still thank her all the time when we see her, you know, thank you for believing us. And, and you know, she, she's like, I'm glad I did because you guys have made it amazing again. Um, so yeah, we've replaced this floor twice. The first time we replaced it, it was done improperly, and so we had to go back in, unfortunately. But now it's it's in great shape, and, and it still has the bounce and the feel. Yeah. But yeah, we did find out upon first pulling it up and being very nervous when we did, you know, was it spring-loaded? It was never spring-loaded. It was just that it was built to where the piers and the two-by-fours were spread out enough to where you got enough people bouncing on them that it flexed enough and it felt like it was spring-loaded. There's so much, it seems to me like, you know, maybe they're tall tales or whatever, but the history of not just the place, but the floor itself. And did somebody build a guitar out of the original wood or is that? We do, we have, we have, I think there's probably six guitars total probably made out of the original wood floor. And we actually still have parts of the wood floor, original wood floor that at one point we were having them made into frames. And, and had frames um, done with some of them. But yeah, Jack White is the only artist that has one. And he's actually played it on stage, I think around the world, for sure at Driller Stadium when he played over there. And it, it's, it's awesome. He's got a, a Canes, Canes on the guitar strap. And so when we were at the show, I was wondering if he was gonna play it. And when I saw it on the screen, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like he's playing it somewhere else, not just in Canes. You mentioned um, him, he seems like, uh, he's like this real big Tulsa advocate because of Canes, right? I think so. I mean, that was his first introduction to Tulsa because he never knew about Tulsa. And when he was booked here with the dead weather, I'd been trying to get him for a long time. There's a weird story about that. I'm not sure if it's totally true, but um, you know, he, he, he got here and he, he, he loved the place. It was like, why haven't I ever played here? And you know, then he got out and explored Tulsa and he saw how amazing the city is. He ended up, and the potential it had, yes, for sure. I mean, I still wonder if he'll ever come back and do something, may open up a business or something, you know, or do something. He's, he's, so, he's so entrepreneurial too and um, creative and all those things. So uh, who knows? But uh, there is a rumor that he bought a house there even in Tulsa. So who, who knows? Uh, yeah, so I mean, those are mostly most of the improvements. We did add a mezzanine level, which is kind of a little VIP area as well when we were doing this. We obviously replaced all the bars. Over the years, we've updated the sound and lighting, you know, numerously as new things have developed and things. We actually just recently spent six figures on a new uh, monitor setup for the artist and stuff on stage. We've added, uh, we bought the building out back, which is nice because now there is a large green room for the artist. So where when they get off, they have kind of a compound all to themselves. It's got, you know, 
a flat screen and sofas and pool table and ping pong table and two showers, two showers which is nice for them and two bathrooms and some office area so it's it's really nice i remember when we had like dwight yoakam back in 03 it was like the green room here is very small the original and it, it's just yeah i mean it, it would be okay for one person but you get a band in there and and it just you can't you know it's just not comfortable so you know we couldn't obviously really add on to canes we are on the national historic registry and that would cause probably all kinds of issues so when we were able to finally get the building out back which we got the building out back i want to say it was probably 2008 or 9 it's been a you know a godsend um it's been really nice to have that and um the artists love it i mean we've had i remember blue october's lead singer was like this is the best one of the top five green rooms we go to every year we see in a year i mean so it's really nice and it's it's cool to hear those artists say that because we want them to be comfortable i mean our goal here is not only running canes is is not only providing opportunities for people to create experiences and have a great time and memories but for artists, we want them to have those same things. We want them to remember the venue, the experience they had and come back and why not, you know, give them the best of the best as long as we can. So we've already mentioned Jack White, we mentioned Blue October, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention some of the big names that played here. I mean, it's probably hard to remember. It is. I, I, and I'm, I'm still learning about new acts every day that were here that I didn't realize were here either back before you guys bought it or since you've got yeah, it. Yeah, look at the, the history on the walls for one, and then there's yeah. the modern history of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is unbelievable who we've had over, over the last 20 years, just in, in our time here. It's the BOK Center actually just revamped their production office for artists, and they basically mimic the Canes Ballroom. They have the mirror ball in this office area and on the wall, and they've got records of each artist that have played canes and now play the BOK. And it's like you started there and now you're here, it says on the wall. And it's it's the Canes Ballroom Production Office. And it's amazing how it many- also has the original floor we sold them and they put that floor in that room too. So the original wood from here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we haven't even been in it yet. <laughs> I know. We have, I mean, we've seen pictures, but we, we still got to go over there and see it. Um, but we it's, it. <laughs> yes, yeah, we have. But it's amazing. I mean, the artists that have, you know, played both here and there, I mean, from Chris, I'm just going to name a few. Chris Stapleton, 21 Pilots. I mean, recently, John Party, Post Malone, um, you know, uh, one goodness. I, one I wish I'd been at was uh, Robert Plant. Yes, yes. We we kind of hope to see him next year as Kane celebrates our, we, we celebrate 100 years next year. And uh, we're trying to get some big artists to come back and, and celebrate with us. And he's on the list. On the list. And uh, yeah, we're hoping, J.D. McPherson, who's playing here this Saturday, is part of Robert Plant's band. And so, we're hoping he can kind of talk to him a little bit and kind of, I mean, it always helps to have someone of an insider with, with a band or someone that knows him. But Robert supposedly really loves Canes. The last time he chose to play here, he chose to play here over the Brady Theater for a lot less money and actually supposedly lost money on the show even, but he wanted to play Canes again so bad. Well, if I could flip that script for a second, you know, he's the people that started here and ended up at the BOK, but my favorite experience at Canes ever was actually pretty recently. And that was Green Day. Yes, um, that was the show of a lifetime for me. I've been a long, basically lifetime fan of Green Day, and I was lucky enough to be sitting at home the morning I saw that it hit. And I'm like, no way. 
boom, bought tickets, and within five minutes they were gone, it seems. So what was that show like? I mean, that was their first, you know, after COVID show, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was, we were so fortunate that it, it all worked out the way it did. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about just in the sense that, yeah, I mean, they'd never played here. I remember when Billy Joe and the band came in the office to see Sid's fist in the wall and, and we met them. I mean, they said Canes was always on their list of places they wanted to play. And they had already played the Brady before back when they were coming up. But, you know, to come and play here was, was definitely a, a kind of, I don't want to say a milestone for them, but something that they always wanted to do. Well, and it was awesome, yeah. I mean, the show itself, and then that was like the warm-up for their world tour. They played, what, Arlington the next week or yeah. Dallas or something? 40,000 people. Yeah, so like, I felt fortunate just to be one of the, you know, however many were in here that it night. It was. It was amazing. It, you know, it, it stunk that it was kind of coming out of COVID a little bit, just in the sense that it was so last minute that, like, we did have to enforce vaccinations and stuff because the band, you know, they were getting ready to go on a world tour. I mean, if one of them came down with COVID, they stand to lose a lot of money that they've already invested. So it was like they came to us kind of sort of last minute and said, we've got to enforce this because that was what we were being told by <laughs> doctors and things. And so, I mean, that was kind of a pressure on us because we were, I mean, we had to hire some of our friends and things and family to come stand outside and check ID cards and things. So it was kind of like a whirlwind, but it was it was such a memorable experience. And uh, the, the poster for that show, our, our local box office, worker Ian, he actually designed it and he used the punch in the wall of Sid Vicious as the poster and Billy Joe and, and the band just loved that because of the history and yeah. and all that and both being punk and all that. So yeah, that, that's definitely, that's one I forgot to mention. I mean, there's just so many artists we forget to mention that played here. Another one of my favorites, and this is just me reminiscing on what I've seen here, but um, I think it was 2019 and I think they're here a lot, but Death Cab for Cutie, that particular show Ben came out and closed with I Will Follow You Into the Dark, and I had never heard a crowd drown out an artist. I couldn't hear him over us singing, and that was, to be in this room and to experience that, it was like, ugh, it was so cool. They, they are a band that's been here quite a bit, and they were actually just here earlier this year. Yeah, yeah I missed yeah, that one, sadly. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, they're a band that, I mean, they're I, from what I'm told, they're big fans of Kane's. I mean, a lot of the artists say it on stage, you, you always hope that they mean what they say when they're like, we're so glad to be back. And, you know, this is one of the best show or best venues in the in the world. You know, we have lots of artists that say that on stage. I almost wish we could record it every time. So we had just that those memories of them saying it. But it's it's nice to be loved. I mean, that for people to appreciate it. And there's lots of hard work that goes into what we do. There's lots of risks that people, people think it's just all fun and games. I mean, it, it's tough because on show nights, we're both very busy and we're, we're wearing multiple hats and we've got all of our crew that we're trying to help, you know, staff make sure everyone's doing the right things. And a lot of times people knock and want to say hello. And it's, it's just tough because we're, we're, we're running around and we're crazy. And it's, it's so the few times every now and then when we can enjoy a show ourselves, here in the room and see it it's always nice i try and always make it out hunter does too i know to either catch a video or, or some pictures or whatever a couple songs but yeah i'm not sure we really get to sit out here and enjoy the whole show ever <laughs> so what you would tell people that are you know passing through town don't be offended if you knock on the door and nobody answers because it's a job you're working it, i mean it is you're right it's tough i mean yeah and i try and catch us on a, a just an office day or something <laughs> 
this place represents so much Tulsa history. It's it's one of the first things people think of if they know of Tulsa. And do you feel that pressure of like you're carrying the weight of this? I almost don't know how to put it. You know, this landmark and. You're the stewards of it. Yeah, you were. You were gonna. I was gonna use that word. I, I'll call it. The, we're the caretakers. Yeah. I mean, we are. It's. It's. A, someone asked me in an interview earlier this year. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with what we do. I mean, this. This place is revered. I mean, it's. It's amazing. It, it is a, a living, breathing museum. And um, the fact that OK Pop chose to go again across the street from us. Hopefully, they'll be open soon. You know. Um, we're their number one artifact, they say, and that supposedly they built that to where inside there, in each room you go in almost, you can see right out front and look out and see Kane's ballroom is what we were told. And so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Decisions we make, whether it's artists we bring in, you know, how's that going to be perceived? You know, I mean, we do still do all kinds of genres and, and there's the wild ones and there's <laughs> there's uh, probably off the wall ones. But overall, it's it's a responsibility that we take on, you know, as, as, a, as our family, as we own it. And um, we're, we're proud of what we've helped create. We're proud of what we've prolong the life of this of this place and you know hopefully it'll last uh, another hundred years but but we're excited that we're going to be part of when it turns a hundred and um, you know there's going to be new merchandise we're going to release um, hopefully a centennial beer there's going to be there are going to be lots of things throughout the year. There will there'll be some probably some giveaways at shows and, and things like that. And like I said, hopefully some special artists that will come back and regrace the stage. Do you have any plans for the 100 years or anything special yet? I mean, we've got a few artists booked that are going to be nice, big ones that come back. But, I mean, no, other than kind of what I've said, I mean, we don't. There's no big event because, you know, at least when we bought Canes, and I've, we've never been able to really tell when it was built in 24 or when the, kind of the first day was, you know. So it's just, it's always on all the logos and all the shirts. It always says on Hunter's sweatshirt, it's since 1924. And so we're going to celebrate the 100 years all year. What do you see as your future with Kane's Ballroom? You plan on holding on to it as long as possible, or is there any big changes in the, on the horizon? <laughs> That's always something we talk about. You know, Hunter and I have been here 20, 21 years now, and um, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, we've got, we've got a pretty small staff, um, which is nice, but maybe in the future years we see, yeah, I mean, we see us hopefully holding on to it. I mean, we, we've been offered numerous times by numerous companies and people <laughs> wanting to buy it, but um, I think our plan is to hopefully hold on to it. And, you know, we, unfortunately we lost our father um, earlier this year, and but some of his last words were keep rocking. And um, he loved canes and he loved music. He loved music probably more than he loved medicine. Uh, it's weird to say that. I mean, he loved helping people, um, but music helps people too. And you know, when, when that that's one of the one of the really cool things about here is at the end of the night, you often see me in the soundboard area, and I like to be up there when I see people leaving. I know that's weird. It's not that I, anything to do with like people wondering who you are or anything, but I like to see the smiles and the joy in people. I really do when they leave, and I. I really do. It's just, you can see, I mean, them talking, you, you, you assume that and you, they probably are talking about the show or what happened or you, you see all that and it's, it's cool. It's really neat. It's a, it's a rewarding feeling. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we really have any changes or anything. I mean, we just like keep rocking, keep rolling and uh, we'll hopefully keep 
keep making canes, you know, have more history, I guess, create, just create a better and even more history than what it already has. And yes, we weren't kidding. If you knock on the door, there's a chance, if they're not busy, that they'll give you a quick tour of canes. But we also weren't kidding when we said that these guys are usually working a lot to run the place. So your best bet, if you want to see the canes, go see a show. Yep, that neon sign, the stone walls, beveled glass outside. The wooden dance floor, the arched wooden ceiling, the rafters on the inside. It's a unique vibe at Kane's. And the best way to appreciate this iconic music venue, like Steve said, go to a show. Our thanks to Chad and Hunter Rogers and to all of you for listening this year to Full Access OK. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.